You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Thursday, March 11th. Remember, you can always subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Radio.com. Today, we've got a lot to talk about. The salary cap has been set for the 2021 season. I'll give you all the details on that. And we've got compensatory picks. That's right, compensatory picks. They are in for the Steelers. We'll see who they've got. And then finally, a look at the Steelers' tight end situation. Who they got, who they need to get, maybe in free agency, maybe in the draft. All that on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. Let's get into it. All right, so you got me running solo on the show today, but we've got a lot to talk about. No, So no mailbag today. We're going to go straight through some serious topics that happen. First and foremost, we finally know the salary cap, and we were, we were talking maybe it was going to be lower, maybe it was going to be higher. We knew it that the floor was at least 180 and not 175. The official number is $182.5 million a year. Now, to clarify what that means, the Steelers at the start of the day would have been $5.3 million under the cap, according to those numbers, but they also restructured Derek Watt's contract, which means that they have $880,000 on top of that. That puts them at about $6.1 million under the cap. They've also signed Marcus Allen and Ray Ray McLeod to one-year deals, so there's going to be some adjusting and shaking around because of that, but bottom line is they're around 5 to $6 million under the cap as is without touching Stephon Tua, without touching Joe Hayden, without touching Steven Nelson, without touching David DeCastro, and without cutting a single player. So, to me, this is a very good spot. And yes, it could be better, but it could also be a lot worse. And what also might work out for the Steelers' favor is, well, it's actually it's a double-edged sword because this could also come back to bite them, is that because players are, again, going to look at that 182.5 million and you're seeing a lot of players, a lot of teams uh, cutting their players right now, you could see some players be like, mm, I'd rather sign on a better time, so I'm going to sign this short-term one-year deal with a team that I like or a team that I think I can be competitive with for a year, and then we'll see what happens next year. And that could be great for the Steelers to get maybe get back Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe get back Bud Dupree. I don't think either are happening. But they could also land another free agent from another team they normally wouldn't have gotten for a year and just help them be competitive next year. Uh, but the the flip side of that is also the case where if Bud Dupree and Juju Smith-Schuster go elsewhere, that's going to hurt the Steelers' comp pick chances because in that situation... What if they take one of those deals? If they take lesser money in their deals, that impacts the Steelers' comp pick situation for next year, which, as it stands, if both of these guys made huge money, they'd probably get the Steelers maybe two third-round comp picks. Now, we'll get into Steelers' comp picks that they were awarded this year in the next segment, but I wanted to talk about the salary cap situation because now with this being said, you have a better sense of what's going on. I expect... Because by this time next week, free agency will have begun. 
I expect over the next few days, you're going to start to see those decisions get made. If they're cutting somebody, it'll happen. If they're restructuring more, that'll go down as well. And I can really see that happening to make sure that they have their shot at the players that they want to get in free agency and the players that they want to retain. Um, I, I'm, I'm continuing to wonder when that will come for Cameron Sutton. Um, I think that he's going to be a priority when we'll see the announcement of Zach Banner. That probably will be a topic on tomorrow's show for you know who did get signed because I can see some of these signings happening now that they've had the numbers. They've probably reached out, made some phone calls, did some planning, and you're going to see these moves happening in the next couple of days. But all in all, I want to remind people that this is how the Steelers have always operated and why it really works for what they're doing. Because, you, again, you look at their roster, you see how they've, how, they, how they've continued to build through the draft, not through free agency, and the main free agent signs they usually have are their own players or the occasional veteran from another team who they were able to get at a reasonable price. If, they, if they're able to keep that up this year, which I think they will, they'll be in a really good spot. And again, the $182.5 million, I saw people saying, oh, what was the Steelers? It's over. No, no, no. They're in a good spot, y'all. Chill out. I think the Steelers actually have the kind of cap space that they have. And again, they got the cap maneuverability. And that's what they do every year is to make sure that they have maneuverability so they're never stuck in a place where they have to get rid of talent that they normally wouldn't get rid of. And that's going to be also the plans for the futures moving forward. Now, on top of that number getting set, because with cap's number set, we now also have the values of what the fifth-year options will be on both the Steelers' safeties, Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. I think uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is like 10-ish, 10.5-ish million dollars, and I think uh, Terrell Edmonds is around 6-ish million dollars. Uh, both of those guys at those numbers fully expect, yeah, fifth-year option, execute, get it done, put them on the roster, and then look, look at to see what you can sign them for afterwards, which means, and also the fifth-year option is next year, not this year. This is their fourth year, so fifth-year option will apply to 2022, and then they'll look at how to sign them and keep them on for a longer period of time after that fact. But all these numbers, encouraging, looking up, um, I wouldn't sense. I don't sense any reason to have distress here. If there is, it's maybe because again, maybe the guys that they're losing don't get the big payday that they expected. And if that happens, that again that impacts their comp picks. But I, I still think with Juju, the other thing is is with Allen Robinson. I brought this up yesterday, but with Allen Robinson and with Chris Godwin both getting tagged, now a team that's really desperate for a wide receiver is probably going to pay pay him and if he gets paid that's gonna count big for the Steelers now uh Bud Dupree of course still a lot of edge rushers out there right now so he could still kind of drip down the you know the totem pole there as far as the free agency rankings and maybe doesn't get the big payday that everyone expected but then there, there's the flip side, right? If he doesn't get the big payday, does he say, you know what, forget this, I'm going back to the Steelers and showing everybody I'm a bad dude. So there's, there's a lot of different ways this could work out. And that's my point here is don't, don't sell, don't sell the Steelers short on this situation, and don't think this is another horrible spot for the Steelers in the cap. In the cap, I, I really think again they're not in salary cap hell. They never have been. 
really since Lamar Woodley's contract. That was probably the worst situation they've been with all the dead money that happened when they had to let him go because he kept getting injured. Uh, but since then, they have managed themselves well, and I think they've done so yet again. We're going to come back to talk about the Steelers' comp pick situation, who they got, who some of the Steelers' rivals got as far as you know what picks that they have and what it might do for the Steelers' draft strategy coming up. But first, we got to tell you about our friends at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all... Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. There's so much to enjoy, and also... Don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-20, all capital letters and all one word. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we're continuing to talk about what happened yesterday for the Steelers. We know they got a fourth-round comp pick. It is, I believe, the 141st pick of the NFL draft. That's going to give them now eight draft picks for this upcoming season, and um, it's the 35th pick of the fourth round, so essentially late fourth, early fifth, but it's... It adds to the Steelers' capital that they can now use in the early rounds. and also gives them five picks in the first four rounds of the draft uh, because they still have a first, second, third, fourth, and now two fourths. So, good thing here for the Steelers to get that fourth-round pick. The unfortunate part was, and it's not too crushing, but this, there were the experts out there who had been predicting you know, what would get the Steelers an extra pick. They thought that the Steelers would get a sixth-round compensatory pick on top of the fourth round because of the loss of Sean Davis. Now, maybe Sean Davis getting cut had something to do with that. I'm still not an expert in how uh, comp picks worked, but I can tell you the capital that that led to these results. So, the Steelers were able to sign Eric Ebron and Derek Watt. Those are the only two free agent signings they made last year, and at free agent signings count against what you lose in in, in in free agency. So that's the that's the balance there. And this, this is what it's all about. 
comp picks is a system all to help teams that can't afford to pay pay the players that maybe they play too well and they're going elsewhere so this was a way for teams to recoup draft picks in the middle of the draft that they could use to re- reassign for depth or move you use to trade up so on and so forth so uh those are the two players they lost now the players that they are the two players they gained the players that they lost of course were sean davis who eventually came back after he was cut by washington bj finney who uh went who, who went went out and now he's about to be a free agent again javon hargrave who was the biggest payday of the bunch and who was the one that basically got them their fourth round pick and then tyler matikavich and nick vanette who all went into free agency as well now all those guys got signed and, and and all that stuff. So that's what led to this result here of getting just this lone fourth round pick. This is the other aspect, again, of, of looking at what happens. If the Steelers don't bring back Juju this year, he could get this team a third round compensatory pick if he gets that top dollar at wide receiver that maybe he gets. Because, again, the only receiver who I think there's a consensus that's above him in free agency right now is Kenny Galladay. But, of course, still got to count for maybe more teams make some more cuts in that field changes in the next few days before free agency starts um so look also so looking around and seeing the other teams that that got compensatory draft picks this year the most that got any this year in the league was dallas dallas got four picks um so the cowboys got that the chiefs got two picks the patriots got two picks um and uh the baltimore got one pick so ultimately not too crazy also the, the Steelers got the third pick of all the teams that got fourth round compensatory picks so not not bad altogether there but um ult- ultimately this this is what this is what was to be expected now what to do with this fourth round comp pick is the question here because I mean for those who think oh it's just a fourth rounder well a fourth rounder is what got the team Kevin Dotson last year and yes fourth fourth round is is hit or miss it is it is the place where you're starting to you know just you're throwing darts at a dartboard and really after the top 20 for what a lot of draft experts will tell you after the top 20 guys you're usually throwing darts at a dartboard and you're just hoping for the best but still in the second round and a little bit of the third round you're you're having a better sense of hey we want this guy he's not the top tier but he's of that echelon that that if that he can work out with us if things go right here but once you get into that fourth round and beyond you do start to get into the sense of like okay this guy's a project or this guy has you know, a good ceiling, but we have no idea where his floor is, or vice versa. He has a very high floor, but we don't know if his ceiling's that high. So, again, I look at this situation and I see a good situation for the Steelers to be in when it comes to looking at next year. And I also look at with this fourth-round comp pick, it doesn't add a whole bunch of ammunition to the Steelers right now, but having two fourth-round picks... This might be the this might be the place where the Steelers feel comfortable maybe going after a position they normally wouldn't in the third round and say, hey, we've got two guys we got two picks coming in the fourth round. That'll give us the capital to move we want. And that may be an off ball linebacker. That may be an edge rusher or an interior defensive lineman who you wouldn't think that they're picking this year. Um Although I will say Quinn Miners at his, at his pro day, he went ballistic. So that's the center from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater that I keep talking about. He's the guy that right now he projects like a third rounder, and you know people are are underest- underestimating him across the board. If you don't, if you've never watched him, but believe me, those pro scouts are on him and they're paying attention. Though Adrian Clem was doing the drills with him on his on the video that was posted online. Adrian Clem, of course, the new Steelers offensive line coach. So good sign, right? Good sign. Uh, but 
I, I want to see how the Steelers could, uh, you know, s- s- you know, might strategize to move up in the draft. You know, maybe they still acquire more picks in the draft. They may still trade back. Um, and what might be is a multiple moves on draft day, where say they trade back from their first round pick, they acquire, you know, an ex- you know, maybe a second and a third. And then they say, all right, now we'll take that, you know, that, that extra third round pick that we got. We'll use this compensatory fourth round pick and move it up to higher in the third round to get another guy that we really that we really want to get. Um, all in all, this is just further ammunition. This is this is adding this is adding to the pile. And they could still you know, stay put, not do anything, and use that compensatory pick on a position that they feel. Maybe they find a cornerback in, in those middle rounds. I mean, and that's around the, the time when you start to look at the guys who are really good athletes but didn't fill out all the way in college and maybe they're a little bit raw. Maybe you get a speedster at wide receiver. I mean, how many times have they just taken a, ra- taken a random stab at wide receiver in the middle rounds and just come away with gold? Uh, so that could be a place to go there. You could get a speedster at cornerback and say, you know what, this guy is really raw on his cover skills, but if we can... If if we can get some get some things to work from tech, you know, technically, and and get get him out there and work on that technique and the posture and make sure that he fits into the pro game, that could make that could that could make for a really good middle round pick. So don't brush over this idea that this fourth round comp pick isn't important just because people also thought the sixth round pick was coming. Um, I think it's also good for the Steelers that there weren't too many comp picks passed passed around to some of their some of their rivals. You know, the Patriots getting in there, the Ravens getting in there expected, but not a huge haul when you look when you look across the board. Now the Patriots actually they do get the, they get the top comp pick overall, um, and partially it's because they lost Tom Brady, uh, but uh, they got the top comp pick there, at the, the, which would be the 96th pick of the draft. Um, or that, uh, so really you're looking at the 33rd pick of the third round. Um, and then they also get the second pick of the fourth round. So, I mean, really the Patriots did get a haul there in comp picks, but the Patriots, it's obvious they, they got a lot to work on. Now, other teams that cost a lot, the Saints, they got two third round comp picks. Uh, the Rams got two third round comp picks. So like the, again, this goes into what people actually lost and what they didn't get back. And, you know, it's the it's the 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 height of the draft pick. You know, was it a first round pick that they lost? How much money did they sign for? Those type of things can really uh, can really impact where where your standing is. So, um, all in all, I think the Steelers are still in a really good place. They're where you want them to be as far as pre draft. Now, what Kevin Colbert has to do so that they don't end up trying to stretch themselves too thin in this draft is he has to still go to work in free agency here, and that's going to require going to work on these uh, on these books a little bit more to open up more cap space. But go to work and, f- and fill out the roster. Do what I was telling Dean that they do all the time. Make sure that their, their weaknesses aren't glaring weaknesses so that teams can't say, ooh, we know the Steelers are going for this position this year, so we're going to draft this guy right before they do. Um, that's what happened when the Bengals tried to pick William Jackson the third over Artie Burns. Um, that's, and, uh, you know, William Jackson there ended up being a better cornerback, although he's, you know, didn't last long with the Bengals, but, um, I still, I still see this as a chance for the Steelers to avoid 
that happening because what might happen is the Steelers sit at 24 they really want an offensive tackle or they really want a running back or whoever they feel is, is good there and then a team trades right but right above them or the team that's just naturally sitting above them says ah you know what we know that they want this let's get this guy before they do but if you if you even out your roster maybe it makes it less much of a target and that team will say you know what we don't know who the Steelers might go after in this round let's go and get our guy and it kind of decreases the chances that the Steelers won't get a shot at their man so with this comp pick it just fills out the rest of the 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 draft capital that we know is going to be there before any trades happen again the next step is going to be making the moves to create more space and also keep the players around that they need to keep to kind of keep that roster balanced and keep it so that opponents don't catch on to what the Steelers are trying to do in this upcoming draft but hey again Colbert's used to that. He's been around the block before. Counting that happening. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the tight end position because that's another position to look at free agency. Find out who right after this. BetOnline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get to talking about a position I haven't spent too much time talking about this offseason. That's the tight end position. Now, this ties into another news point. It's not really news. It's just more social media chatter. But with the likelihood, and I've been saying it's a likelihood for some time, that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be gone this offseason. The tight end position is still a place where you got to keep Eric Ebron, my opinion. Now, Juju went on Twitch the other night, or last night, and was doing his thing where he was playing as himself, and he put himself in a Packers jersey, or a Dolphins, no, he put himself in a Dolphins jersey this time, Packers jersey, who he did like a month or two ago, and he said, like, I'm a free man, and he was joking around, and, you know, uh, free man March 17th, and it's, it's what he does. Now, some people want to say that's malicious and he's trolling people. I think he's just doing whatever he wants. He's having fun. He knows that a lot of people are looking at him, but he's like, I don't care. I'm just going to do my thing. I think Juju and the Steelers have kind of known for quite some time. It's most likely this ain't going to happen. He knows he can get paid. And I think even more so, like, again, after those guys you know, got tagged, Robinson and uh, Godwin, I think it was like, yeah, time to get up out of here. Um, but don't forget, the contributions that Eric Ebron brought to the Steelers' passing game. He became another vertical threat for the team. He became another guy that could go up and get the football. Yes, he's not a blocker. He's not the blocker you want on your edge. But 
he is the guy who added an extra dynamic to their passing game. 558 receiving yards, five touchdowns. That was the 15th most of tight ends in the NFL. Here's the thing. If you get rid of Eric Ebron, now I've had some people suggest this, uh, Dan Kovacevic, my boss over at DKPittsburghSports.com, he's been advocating it for some time. I just, I don't see the value in this. Now, unless you think you can strike some amazing deal with some of the free agent tight ends out there, and this is an interesting class, Hunter Henry, top of the class right now, four years, $12 million deals, according to uh, PFF as far as what he command, but he's out there. Johnu Smith, who was made clear he would not get franchise tagged by the Tennessee Titans. He's going to be out there. He'd probably command around the similar type of money, maybe a $10 million a year type of deal. Um, him being out there is interesting. Gerald Everett is an athletic tight end who you'd like to see out there. Maybe you'd see him uh, playing playing there. Playing there. Uh, you know, there's, there's other guys, older guys like uh, Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski. Um, I, I see less of them because they're older. You know, Mercedes Lewis. He's 36 years old. He'll he'll be 37 by the time the season starts. Here's the thing. If you're getting a receiving tight end, Eric Ebron's already that. And you got him on the payroll. Any money that you free up by getting rid of him is only going to get eaten up immediately by signing someone else. Now, you could still sign a tight end. Because there are a lot of lower tight ends that we're going to talk about here in a second to back him up. Um... But don't think that it is the same situation with, with, with Ben Roethlisberger. You can keep the cap space that he has on record and still use his talents next year, or you can free up the cap space and then use that to basically occupy the same position on the depth chart. And then what happens is, is that you're basically paying the same amount of money, but for how much of an upgrade? And then you still need a second tight end. Right now, Eric Ebron's an $8.5 million cap hit. If they were to cut him before June 1st, he would clear up $6 million in cap space. Now, granted, that is a good amount of cap space that you'd clear. But it's also, it's, it's also you know, again, what you, who are you signing that's going to be that much better at him? Now, I've seen the argument made that the Steelers should get more blocking style tight ends. But let's be real. Those are becoming fewer and more far between than ever in NFL history. Most of these tight ends are receiving tight ends. Gerald Everett, Johnny Smith, Jared Cook. Those are the guys at the top of class. Now, and Anthony Ferkser could be in that range. He's not the best blocker, but he's an okay blocker. But again, this is where I want to say, are we really cutting Eric Ebron to get an okay blocker and not as good of a receiver? I don't know. Now, again, Ferkser is a guy that I think, you know, he he, he he's projected to take up around uh, about $4.5 million a year. That's actually in the range. Like, if your plan, if the plan is for the Steelers to get Anthony Ferkser as a backup tight end this year, okay, I'm on board with that. That's a reasonable price. You got you got two tight end options there, and you're not trying to just throw in Zach Gentry just to throw in Zach Gentry. 
unless your plan is to go get one in the draft. And again, the the fourth round comp pick, that could add to their chances of getting a tight end in this draft where they say, you know what, that fourth round comp pick, either they pick him there or they say, you know what, we're going to, you know, we, we got another pick that we can address to other depth positions. If there's a tight end that's, that falls to them in the third or fourth round, that might be their guy. I don't think the tight end that, like, you know, a lot of people are saying Fryermouth of uh, of uh, Penn State or Brevin Jordan of Miami. I don't think either of those guys are 24th overall pick material, and I don't think either of those guys are around for when they get the 55th pick in the draft, their, their, their second round pick. But I do think that if the Steelers traded back and got some extra picks, then you'd put that in the conversation. Still, I, tight ends always been more of a luxury position to me it's great to have a great tight end but it's not all that necessary now i know a lot of you guys are like what about heath miller it was great great to have him but think about when the steelers drafted heath miller their defense was pretty much set they had edge rushers they had off-ball linebackers they had polamalu they had their defensive line they had their quarterback they had a running back they had their wide receivers an offensive line. They, they they had who they wanted that year. They were pretty set across the board, and then they and then they drafted Heath Miller in the first round of 2005, and it was a perfect complement to what helped Ben in as, at a young age. Now the Steelers could be in that situation in the next couple years if they hit enough on the offensive line this year and at running back, and they don't lose too many of their players next year. They could very well be in the position next year. We're like, okay, yeah, tight end, let's go. And, of course, again, that that's also considering what they do at quarterback next year. But I don't see this year as the big move to say, hey, let's go get the young stud tight end at the top of the draft and make him a key part of the team. Again, unless the right guy falls to you in the right round. But to me, there's still a lot of place for the Steelers to build and get a, a, a decent guy in free agency. Not a star, a decent guy. Other names that pop up here on the free agency list, um, Dan Arnold, he's a 25-year-old tight end from the, um, he, you know, he played he played with the with the Saints for a bit then went to the Cardinals. So there's that. Um, you could try to get a James O'Shaughnessy as just as a, a really cheap option. Um, Richard Rodgers of the Eagles, if he's if he's still around, the Eagles still might try to snatch him back up. They're still working out their signings. There are options out there for lower round talents, and all those guys you could probably have for two million dollars or less a year. But that's all you're getting here. Don't think that they, these are the, that that the the Steelers are going to find Eric Ebron's replacement. Tight end is the one of the lowest things on their mind when it comes to priorities in the coming days, in the coming weeks. It's on the list, but they've gotta they've gotta figure out the offensive line. They've gotta figure out the running back position. They've gotta figure out depth behind the cornerbacks. They've got to probably get another off ball linebacker, figure out depth behind edge rusher. And then they'll figure out the tight end position. But again, Eric Ebron, his role in the tight end position, he's he's fine there. Is he perfect? No, he still drops the ball a lot. He's not the not the most dynamic wide or dynamic tight end, but he still brings a talent there, and that's something that you can use at least for this year, especially with how we saw he clicked with Ben Roethlisberger. Which you know, I, I was thinking for a while, man, why isn't Ben throwing to Vance more? But then you saw him throwing to Eric Ebron. I was like, okay, I guess that's the thing. 
But with Vance retiring, they do need a number two tight end. So I would say this time next week, look for the Steelers to try to pick around the pile and see if they can get one of those lower, you know, ranked tight end guys who won't cost them a bank to sign. And that might be the answer that gets them just the compliment to the offense that they need. And it may be a Ferkser, it may be a, just a guy who's like a half-decent blocker and say, hey, you're the second option. If things go crazy, go out there, make the make, make the catch over the middle when you're uncovered because you're the second tight end option. Um, and then when we put you in here, just be the extra blocker. But all that being considered, don't expect too much of the tight end position, at least this year, maybe next year. That's all we have for you here today on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you. Give us a five-star review as well as a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. Doing so gets you a shout-out at the end of the show. Tomorrow, we've got Jenna Harner. She's back on the show. We missed her last week. You won't miss her tomorrow. See you then.